Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week. On 95.7 The Game. All right, two in the books, one hour to go here on a Saturday. A gorgeous Saturday in the city. Look, I, I know the mission ain't the Presidio, Dan, but if we're talking about the city, you, you got to come slum with me one time. You, you got to come down to the other side of the city. Get out of the, the trees. Get out of your forest. Get out of your well, here's the thing escape about the mission. within the city. So I grew up in the city. When I think of the mission... Well, I think about being sideways at 2 in the morning and going down to La Cumbre <laughs> and getting a burrito. Like, that was the mission. You go down Might be and get later the tonight. best burrito in the Mission District, and it's always late night. Shout out La Cumbre. Now that it's sort of gentrified and got all you pretty boys running around that place. <laughs> seven, is it 17th Street or 16th now? I'm on 24th. A little, no, but little is deep. it 16th? No, yes, yeah, 16th is where all the action is. All sort of like, you know, you got your smoothies and you're eating quinoa on 16th. Like that That wasn't the case when I was a kid. So maybe I just don't recognize it anymore. But Oh, you mean they didn't have uh, juice bars? <laughs> no, <laughs> Up and down 16th Street? No, it was rice and beans, bro. It was the, yeah, that, the Mission District has, has changed in my lifetime. I don't recognize it anymore but no i'll give it it's it's yeah it's it's a cool it's a cool place i, I did have a burrito last night i don't mean to be disrespectful like i grew up in in the east bay I'm, I'm from the bay area god love it but rice and beans in a burrito i think there's a better way to do it really yeah what are you talking about mission style Bro, i don't mean to open whoa, up the whoa, can whoa. of worms here oh my goodness <laughs> blasphemy you might want to check yourself no, what the forget about steve kerr <laughs> we got breaking news right here like what the hell is that you're trying to tell me right now well it, it's it's kind of like what we've been talking about the warriors you know you, you just sometimes need to get back to to the origin to the basics and to me that starts at the border like if you're going to get the best mexican food you got to get close to mexico that's that's just how I live. So, oh, so this is no more... disrespect. Like, there's great Mexican food in the city. Don't get me wrong, but the best of the best, you got to head down south, my man. See, I, I can't. Maybe because I've been so bastardized, I'm an American that I go to Mexico. I'm like, dude, where's the guacamole and the sour cream? And give me like a little hot. So it's so, you know, it's so authentic. I'm like, I don't recognize this. Mm -hmm. My man, don't ever disrespect the Mission District late night burrito. Come oh, I on, was man. well. I had one last night. I'm not disrespecting. I'm just in the saying tin foil. It's exactly. a good, like you know, two and a half pounds. The sauce man. oozing out of the. It's like a little baby. There's not in your enough hands. lard in the. It's like a child tortilla for me. 
We need more fat. Live. We need that's, more. I just to be honest, you haven't had one of those things in like 15 years. Yeah, ago. you look like it. <laughs> just ousted myself, be down at the Dolphin Club off his bike and just met it. That's the other part of it, too. You're a fake biker. You're a fake cyclist. Totally. And cyclists, <laughs> you need to go. Like, cyclists, you guys need to seriously get a life, man. Like, adhere to the rules in the road, man. <laughs> I, am, I will never join that fraternity slash sorority. No, but you do have a highlighter for a helmet. It'll be, <laughs> no. be hard to well, miss you rolling down the street. Can I tell street. you why? Because I gotta go through Chinatown, and yeah. I gotta go through North Beach, you know, to get to where it is that I'm going. And let me tell you, it's pretty treacherous out there. Especially now we got the parade going on. It's the uh, Lunar Parade that concludes today, by the way. You see the grandstands are out. Mm-hmm. So I'm... That was a full moon last night, right? man from some beautiful, beautiful... It was real nice. Yeah. I was down in the South Bay. It was clear. Stargazing. I, I do love astronomy, too. Not going to lie. Uh, but what we're talking about here, of course, is the Golden State Warriors, who are fresh off of another victory last night against the Charlotte Hornets in a throwback fashion, 97-84. to was the last time you saw a score like that. Uh, but let's get out to San Ramon. Talk to Ray. Wants to dig, get in on this Warriors talk. Ray, my man, kick us off for the final hour. What's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> How you guys doing, man? How you guys doing, man? Good morning. Good morning. Um... I uh, yeah, really appreciate the enthusiasm. You know, I feel like there's something brewing right now. The strength in numbers is in full effect right now. People are getting healthy at the right time. We're we're gelling. Um, I uh, you know, you guys are talking about keys to success on a on a major run. You know, obviously, you know, elite defense. You know, take care of the ball. Um, you know, it, you know, I feel like I feel like if you know Kerr obviously likes putting the ball in Pod's hands. You guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, I feel like if, if we just, you know, keep doing what we do and we have those elite wing defenders that can, that can play, you know, lockdown defense, which I know we can, you know, we, we can, we can go on a major run. Um, the, the, the three teams that I kind of worry about in the West that, that might pick, take us to seven games is probably like OKC and, um, Maybe Dallas because they're kind of new and improved. That's the only two teams I kind of worry about in the West. Uh, but yeah, tell me what you guys think. The only team you worried about is OKC. That's interesting. I feel like OKC would be the matchup in the first round that a lot of people would want mm. due to inexperience. They're inexperienced, and you're right. But you know who scares me that I still don't think gets enough recognition is that SGA it might be the most fluid smoothest player the NBA's seen in a long, long time. And the other guy that you don't talk enough about is the kid from right up the road in Santa Clara, not named Pajemski, named Jalen Williams. Well, they got two of them. You're talking about the one from... From Santa Clara is yeah. a... I mean, if he's, I guess, a budding star, I think the dude's arrived. Like, he is a good basketball player. And then you throw Chet Holmgren into the mix and Lou Dort. They all defend Josh Giddy. Like, they're deep. The only thing that they... They're much like that of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, you got Chet Holmgren, but he doesn't necessarily like to mix it up. But they're challenged vertically. They they don't do well in rebounding the basketball on either on either end. So that's a clear advantage, Golden State Warriors. Again, OKC, just like Minnesota, just like Dallas and Denver, and you pick one of eight, nine teams, none of which, yeah, I mean, who knows on a seven game series, but no none of them should scare anybody in Dub Nation. Including well, OKC, OKC shoots the hell out of the basketball. That's, no doubt. I mean, no they doubt. are they got five guys they can make threes on the floor seemingly at any time, and I don't know if they still have this stat, but it was like forty games through the season, like they had seven dudes shooting forty percent or more from three point range. Like, and in and, fact, they're the only team that shot it better from three than the Warriors of the last fifteen games and high volume too. Yeah, yeah. So the, they the, chuck. That's a good. But the Golden State Warriors, that's one of the few teams that they can say they're. You know, they're actually bigger than. I mean, they can. The one thing OKC cannot, there's, there are, there's a lot of one and done possessions. And so the Golden State Warriors have, have done a good job of, of rebounding the ball on both ends. And that's going to work at a clear advantage against Oklahoma City, should that, you know, should that series ever, you know, come about. Well, I think that SGA is, is the difference maker for them. Like you're talking about being able to close games, and he is one of the best, along with, of course, Steph Curry, who would be. I guess the front runner, front runner for what is it, like the Jerry West award, the clutch player. Uh, anyways, I think that OKC is a team that I wouldn't mind facing just because you. Do, a lot of those guys that'll be their first time in the playoffs, and I just feel like in comparison to the rest of the teams at the top, again, it's not it's not to say that OKC is a bad team. 
Like, they're very good. And the Warriors have played them tough. They beat them on the road earlier in the year. They should have beat them at home, what, twice? And they've blown multiple double-digit leads to them. That's the team that I could see the Warriors being able to get over the hump against in the first round. The the team that I I feel like people aren't really talking about them much, and I think just they've been status quo at the top of the West this whole year, is, is Minnesota. That's the team I, I I know that people think about Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, and they associate them with softness, but that's not a team that I want to see because unlike the Oklahoma City Thunder, they defend, and they're long, and they're large, and those have been teams in recent memory that have given the Warriors trouble. Uh, the Clippers... I I, I kind of think that they're going to run to the same problem they have the last few years, which is the only thing that's been stopping them is health. Yeah. I mean, they, they just tend to break down. Um, so, to me, Denver and Minnesota are the two teams that I wouldn't want to see in the first round. Yeah, Minnesota, for some reason, doesn't scare me. I know they play good defense, but do you really entrust... Carl, you know what they are? They're sort of weird and immature when it comes to closing games. And when you get to the playoffs and things are accentuated, do you really trust Carl Anthony Towns making the right play? Rudy Gobert? Even No, you know, but I trust Mike Conley. Conley is the one guy. And I trust Anthony Edwards. Well, Anthony Edwards, he still gets a little wide-eyed and sort of, you know, he gets a little out of control. I'm talking about fourth-quarter decision-making. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot to be said about the experience that the Warriors have. And what to me... The one team, it's not Minnesota, it's not OKC, it's not Dallas who has won seven in a row. The one team that the Golden State Warriors should be concerned about is the one they're going to see tomorrow. And that's the Denver Nuggets. That's the team that I think, when all said and done with, they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals, and I think it's going to go through them. And do the Warriors have enough? And we'll find out coming up on Sunday uh, to match up with that basketball team. Interesting take from Enter the Draymond of the YouTube chat. Uh, shout out for NorCal Credit Union. I'm worried about the reunion of Gobert and Dre in a long series. <laughs> that might be the test to see if Draymond Green's truly turned the corner as far as his attitude and antics on the court. It might be, might be a seven game series against Rudy Gobert. I don't know. Like, and, and this is so you brought up the point about like Trace Jackson Davis before the break, and this is something I, I do want to dig into. To, to me, someone like TJD in a playoff series, I, I don't know how much he can really help the Warriors, but what he can do to me, most importantly in the regular season, and really what I've been asking and, and hoping that a center or a five for the Golden State Warriors can do is to just take some pressure off of Draymond when he doesn't have to play one of these bigger guys. Mm. Like, Draymond is the best option against a Gobert or a Cat or a Jokic, which you'll see tomorrow, or... Holmgren for OKC, um, Zubats for Clip. Like he's going to be playing against larger players in the playoffs. Everyone knows this, but how can you keep him fresh? Like last night, in fact, the last two games, I loved the way that Draymond played. He was efficient, and he didn't play that many minutes. He played like twenty-one or twenty-two minutes each of the last two games. That is the type of workload that I want to see for Draymond Green against the teams that the Warriors should beat. Because against Denver, now even though it's the third game in four nights. He's well-rested and ready to go against the best player in the world, in my estimation. Not to mention, you have to exert so much energy when you're 6'6", and trying matching up with guys like that of Anthony Davis, where you're giving away three, four, five inches sometimes. And he does such a good job of it, but it takes its toll, especially when you get into your mid-30s. Trace Jackson Davis helps on so many different levels because you're always the Warriors are always vertically challenged just by him being on the floor. He now becomes another guy who's at 6'9", that can be a big body, that can check a lot of these guys that I just mentioned. The thing you about, can check Jokic? No, I think Draymond Green is better suited to do that. Oh, sure. But I would, yeah. I'm would, i much more inclined to give Trace Jackson Davis and his five fouls a run at Jokic as opposed to that of Dario Saric. Saric oh. against Jokic is just... Jokic does what he pleases, and his eyes just light up when he realizes that he's got an ISO with Dario Saric. Yeah, it's Serbian on Serbian crime. It is. He will back him down and just use him, or he'll go to any spot he wants to on the floor. I'm sorry, but Saric is becoming, you know, to me, he's becoming such a glaring liability defensively. And I know he can shoot it from time to time, 
But this is why I think TJD needs to play. And furthermore, it becomes, once again, getting back to Steve Kerr and the fact that it, you know, it, it, it takes him a while to warm to what is taking place in front of his very eyes, and that is embracing some of these young players that are more impactful than the Dario Sarches of the world. But one would tell you, and this came up on the text line, well, Dan, you know, it's, he spaces the floor and he can shoot and Trace Jackson Davis cannot. I would agree with that. Yeah. But there's two ways to carve this pig, man. This idea that, again, I gave you the Andy Reid comparison. That Andy Reid learned as a coach who was successful in the NFL for many years, especially in Philadelphia, goes to Kansas City and learns to do it a different way. And now he's, he's extended his career and he's a legendary Hall of Fame coach. Multiple Super Bowl wins. You have to change, and with Steve Kerr, the idea that this is how we play basketball, it's the warrior way, when you have Trace Jackson Davis, you now become pick and roll. But the pick and roll, is, the pick and roll, Ev, is still the most effective basketball play since Naismith created this game over a century ago. You, I'll go out right now. I'll, I'll go down to the Panhandle in San Francisco. I'll go down to Moscone. I'll go pick and roll with anybody, and I will beat half the teams out there that are younger than me. Pick and roll still becomes, if you don't know what to do, the most indefensible and effective play in basketball. It's a reason why Therese Maxey and Joel Embiid are effective. Watch what it is if Jamal Murray's healthy, mm-hmm. what Jamal Murray and Jokic will do to the Golden State Warriors. If it's done well, you know, Carl Malone and, and John Stockton, it's a real thing. And the idea that the only way we can score is you got to have a shooter like that, a Sarich. And when you see what it is that Clay Thompson did with Trace Jackson Davis in a pick and roll against Utah, and Steph coming in and working pick and roll with Trace Jackson Davis. The idea that there's multiple ways to get to the rim and use him as an offensive scorer, not, not to mention everything that he provides you with his athleticism and that defensive rotation. Sorry, I do this every show. That, <laughs> that game against the Boston Celtics, now three months ago, where he came out of nowhere, and there's this young body at 6'9", racing across the floor to block on rotation. That dunk of Jalen Brown is something, as a Warrior fan, I hadn't seen in, I don't know, May I don't think Andrew Bogut could do that back in his heyday. That that's something worth writing, man. I don't know why last night you're playing the Charlotte Hornets and he gets run in the fourth quarter. Where the hell was he for the first three quarters? I know I sound like a fan going after Steve Kerr, and God bless, he got the two-year extension. Well-deserved. But it still it still does not excuse you from not being able to recognize young players. And now, most notably, I'm all about Trace Jackson Davis replacing Dario Sarge in the rotation. Your thoughts? Oh, well, he should replace Sarge. I think the conversations <laughs> about it should replace Looney. But if Steve Kerr is Gordon Liu and enter the 36 chambers, he's going through <laughs> all of these different chambers that he's got to knock down. And it has to do with, you know, bringing the young guys along. And TJD is your 36th chamber, Dan. <laughs> like, that is the final test for Steve Kerr to see whether or not he's going to, you know, become some sort of, I don't know. Martial artist. Not the latest. It's just the most recent for me. I know. Well, he, look, and after this, let's say, like, all right, so TJD, let's say he gets 20 minutes a game for the next 20 games of the season. What is the next one going to be? Moody? Jerome Powell needs to get a little more run <laughs> at the end of games. Because I think he can do a good job shooting it and stretching the floor. Now, also, sidebar about your boy Naismith. The first game of basketball, I don't know why I was reading about this, was an absolute abomination. The first game of basketball was basically rugby because there were no rules. He didn't have a rule. Like They they strung up a peach basket, and by the end of the game, the kids in Springfield, Massachusetts, not Springfield, Illinois, uh, where I think the Hall of Fame actually is, Springfield, Western Massachusetts. And was a Canadian, right? Yes, he's a Canadian, and he created the game like in his 30s. And the first game that he had was for his students. It was like he's a PE teacher, essentially. And... He just threw the ball up there and said, go try and put the ball in the basket. These kids were swinging at each other, (laughs) punching each other, tackling each other. They were bruised and beaten and battered by the time the first game of basketball ended. And he was disgusted with himself because he basically just threw these kids to the wolves. Well, and then it's not like the peach basket had a hole in it. 
Like if you went in the peach basket, yeah, you, you had to go, go get it out and pull it out. <laughs> yeah, so it's evolved. Although you know, one could say that you know the, the Detroit Pistons many years later were still you know throwing blows, and so were the New York Knicks. Back yeah, the, in the bad day. boy Pistons were fan of the first ever game of basketball. But back to TJD, as I digress, and I appreciate you letting me do so. The thing about Trace Jackson Davis that I want to see, which might strike counter to what I'm feeling on Sunday. I actually don't think that TJD is going to play more than Looney against Denver. And the reason being, you're right, TJD brings a different dynamic to the the five position. He's more athletic, he can play above the rim, he can alter shots, he can play in pick and roll. But that's not really what stops Jokic. Like, Jokic doesn't play above the rim. He doesn't play fast. And I know that a lot of people might say, well, you know, you got to speed him up, you got to get him up and down. I don't think that's the way that the Warriors approach him. I think that Looney is a bigger body, and his six fouls are going to be more valuable on Sunday against Jokic. That's my point there. But I do think that in general, Trace Jackson Davis against the majority of teams, the rest of the regular season, postseason, we'll find out. But the rest of the regular season, Trace Jackson Davis should be getting more minutes than Kavon Looney as the backup five. Leave Sarge out of it. I think that Kerr uses him more as the four now to space the floor, and that's really all that he's good for. But Looney, and, and this is something that I've, I've felt for some time, like Trace Jackson Davis played 15 minutes the last two games, Looney played 9 and then 10 against the Lakers and the Hornets. I think the other reason that TJD needs to play more than Looney is because I don't think Looney's going to be on the team next year. But Sarge is still playing more than both of those two. Yeah, but he plays a different... Like He's not at the center as much anymore. At least I, I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's all that great to begin with, but the one thing that he does do, which the text line is correct, is space the floor for someone like Kaminga to play at the three. There's no doubt. I I guess the issue I have is that sometimes we have a tendency just to overthink it or just to simply just to simply just move pieces in accordingly. Like he spaces the floor, and so that's what you need to do in order to free up Kaminga. End of story. Listen, it doesn't make a lot of sense if I was to tell you in the beginning of the year that Pajemski should start in in front of Clay Thompson. One could easily push back. Well, no, that's not going to happen because he's smaller. You don't space the floor because Clay becomes a shooting threat and Pajemski just doesn't work. The reason why it works with Pajemski is all those things that we didn't mention that you can't necessarily see, and that is the fact that he's young that he's taking charges, that he's going to beat everybody up the floor, that just that exuberance is infectious. And that's how you win with that balance of, we've talked about this time and time again, the veteran leadership of that, of Steph and company, and then these youngsters with this high, high motor. And that's applicable to a certain degree, I think, when it comes to Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, you could sit here all day and throw at me, this doesn't make sense, or Kevon, or excuse me, you know, you need to play Kevon Looney here, and, and Dario Sarge is going to space the floor. And to me, I would just counter with the simple, he's a better damn player from what I see, and he's a better athlete, and it makes you a better basketball team. Not only on the defensive end, but he's a guy who can fill lanes on a break. He's, he's so young, and I know he sort of lumbers when he runs, but you know the guy, he can get up and down the floor, and, and that is... You know, that the eye test isn't lying to me. I can see the athleticism, and maybe all the other stuff doesn't, you know, he doesn't check all those other boxes, but I still think at the end of the day, you win more than you lose with players like that. I also think he's someone that's a floor player, meaning you know exactly what you're going to get from him because he's played so much basketball already in his life. Like he's, He turned 24. We were talking about this during the break. He's three years older than Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> he's played four years at Indiana. Like this guy is is more pro ready than Kaminga was, but maybe even Pajemski was at the beginning. Like he's well, maybe not maybe not pods, but like TJD knows how to play. That's the other thing too, is I feel like you know what you're gonna get on a given night. And I'm not talking I'm not advocating for twenty minutes for Trace Jackson Davis, but I just feel like in the minutes that have been prioritized for Kavon Looney, those minutes on most nights going forward outside of say Denver should be going to Trace Jackson Davis. That's that's kind of how I feel. It's as much about what TJD gives you as it is about the regression that we've seen from Looney and I think his future in Golden State, which based on a partially guaranteed contract next season, 
isn't really making me feel good about his future. I'm Kerr loves him, don't get me wrong, but he's only making three million of the eight next year. I think that's something that the Warriors could eat. So eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. I want to get to Telmo in San Francisco on the other side as we wrap this thing up here on Warriors this week. One last segment to get your calls, to get your texts on the Comcast business text line, to get your messages on Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union in. That's Dan Devoe. My name is Evan Giddings. We'll be back after our final break. Up next here on ninety five seven the game on Warriors this week. We're back after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Welcome back. Warriors This Week continues on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, a lot to clean up here. As always on Warriors This Week, Nevin Giddings, Dan DeVoe. Look, I know Sarge isn't Serbian. It was it was for the bit. He's Croatian. Jokic is Serbian, though. That's a fact. Also, like you were talking about, well, but you, your your theme song. Speaking of uh, international stories, your theme song at a at a club in Dubai. <laughs> like Dan Devone is Mister Worldwide. I don't think that people understand just how tapped in this man is on not just a, a on domestic soil. But also around the world. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up. What they call that big ball of a champagne? Yeah, if anybody knows what a five foot bottle of champagne looks like, or what's it? What is it? Magnum. It's called. That's what I'm thinking of. Magnum. Yeah, isn't that what they call them? The Magnum, I believe. The Magnum really, bottles. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ken yeah. knows. See, yeah, he's been to cooler clubs than I have. So yeah, so the the in Dubai where there's obviously a lot of money, right? A lot of oil money. I mean, it is especially over the last ten years. I mean, we're we're talking Saudi money, right? And so there was this club where every time somebody would order a magnum of champagne, which went for $5,000, they would play the Rocky theme music. And so the waitresses would run through the restaurant slash bar with this, this magnum of champagne on sort of a stretch or sort of over their shoulders, and they would run to the table. And just to let you know the sort of money that was being thrown around this bar in yeah. Dubai, okay. the Rocky theme music was going off, seriously, <laughs> like every two minutes. It was Sylvester Stallone. So they've got, you know, money to burn out there. That's the way they, they roll out in Dubai. Yes, they do. How we roll here in the Bay on Warriors this week. Well... That's always still up in the air. I feel like it fluctuates every single week, whether we feel like high rollers, because the Warriors, of course, playing a lot better as of late. Sometimes we're down to the dumps. We're always trying to keep the glass half full, but sometimes it feels like it's half empty. Right now, the 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 glass for the Warriors, I know it's it's always works. Like they're the ten seed. They're three games back of the seven seed, but they won ten of twelve, which hasn't happened since the twenty twenty two season. They have certainly turned the corner. Steve Kerr just got a contract extension. Joe Lacob said there's no going back. Everything seems to be aligned outside of, I guess, Clay Thompson and his contract, though I think that's going to correct itself in the near future this offseason. And now it's all about how far the Warriors can go. 
I think that's where people's minds are, are kind of moving towards. And tomorrow night is a, a great test against the Denver Nuggets because they have not beaten them so far this season. Should have beat them the last time they faced them, but they did not. And now it's about how, okay, can you grab one from the defending champs? Can you get three in a row heading in the four-game road trip? Can you position yourself to potentially jump the Lakers who also play tomorrow? And that's kind of where we're at. Like this, everything is in front of the Golden State Warriors, and that's what I, I I love about doing the show with you, Dan. It's we're talking about what's ahead as opposed to reflecting on all the things that have led to this point primarily. Um, because again, like this season has been such a roller coaster of uh, it felt like a lot of down, but now they're finally on top. And this is from uh, the the five one zero. We're talking about Trace Jackson Davis, for example, before the break uh, a few weeks ago. I recommended Pods, Wigs, Green, TJD, and Curry's the Warriors starting five. This lineup brings more athleticism and allows TJD to be a rim runner, can also protect the rim, which has been an issue for the Warriors in the West. I And it's not so much about Trace Jackson Davis, Dan, but when you look at this team outside of Chris Paul, and I guess GP2's been hurt as well, um, this is a roster that I, I do feel confident in unlocking even another level of play. Like, I don't think that this is the best that the Warriors can be. And that, to me, also, I think is something to feel a glass half full about. Yeah, I've, we've talked about that the Golden State Warriors, this is the position you want to be in. This is where, well, ideally you'd want to be one of the top three or four seeds in the Western Conference. But typically for any basketball team, you know, for those of you that go to the Bay Meadows or bet on the ponies, Bet on the dogs. You want to be, as you hit the stretch run, that danger on the outside. Like, you want to be perfectly positioned when it gets to January in the NFL. And when it comes to the NBA right about now, you want to be coming together because it does not matter what it is that you've done up to this point. Sacramento and some of these other teams are perfect case in point that are falling back to the Golden State Warriors, although the Kings have you know won a couple of games of late, not to pick on Sack of Tomatoes, but you know, there's you know, in the East you see this from you know some of these other teams. It's it's about forget about all the headlines and, and it, all all that we've talked about up to this point. Now as we we near the stretch, who who's who's coming? Yeah, who's kicking? Is it, who's this year's Miami Heat? Who's the Los Angeles Lakers coming out of the West this year? That that's where the focus needs to be, and I think that the Golden State Warriors are perfectly primed. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number from the two six seven of the Comcast Business Text Line. Draymond's going to stifle Jokic, and the Dubs will blow the Nuggets off the Chase Center court. I certainly hope it happens. I'm a little bit wait and see though. I think Denver's. I think they're kind of lying in the weeds right now. I think the Warriors can and. Should, well, not should, but I think they definitely can win tomorrow. I do want to dig into that in just a moment. Let's clean up the calls again at 888-957-9570. Telmo's been hanging on patiently. is out in San Francisco. Telmo, what's going on? You're on Warriors this week. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Awesome, man. What do you got? So uh, a couple real quick things. In in, in terms of the, the, the champagne bottle... The, the Magnum is 1.5 liter, but the big, big boy of them all is a 15-liter bottle called a Nebuchadnezzar, and that's the equivalent of, tw- like, 20 regular champagne bottles. And in terms of, of the burritos, the middle ground for you guys is a place called El Chirito in Salinas. They make the tortillas fresh in-house. The burritos are a little bit smaller. They're like five bucks each, and they're a bunch of meat with just the slightest amount of beans and rice in it, and it's, it's perfect. But back to basketball. Wait, Telmo, Jackson, Telmo, eight. hold on, hold on. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, better be careful, Telmo. El Tarito, that's not a chain, is it? There's a couple of them. They just opened a second one in in Monterey recently. It's called El Charito. Oh, Charito. Yeah, I think I've had it. C-H-A-R-R. Oh, it's it's amazing. If you're ever driving like on the 101 past Salinas, it's it's worth a, a detour because they they make their own tortillas in house. They have a bunch of meats. It's they're literally incredible. You're right. Uh, I've been to this place. You are spot on. That is a bomb ass burrito spot. So yeah. so listen, Telmo. I learned from because you you just Trace did, Jackson Davis. You well, well hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on, tell just simply because you passed the burrito test with a good a good stick with Chorito, you may continue. Go ahead. 
Thank you so much. Uh, but real quick, I learned from a friend that you buy like 10 or 12 of them, you eat two, and you throw the others in the freezer. They heat up really well. Oh. Anyways, I digress. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, what I really like about his game and what he brings to the Warrior the Warriors is the, we always talk about the Warriors lacking size and it's not necessarily size because they're a great rebounding team. They get rebounds. It's how do they play in the interior and how do they um, create force defenses to not just play the perimeter or, or crowd Stephen Curry or, or double team him. And what we saw the other day against the Lakers was that uh, when they were in even uh, against Charlotte with clay figured it out a little bit is when they're, they're coming out to the perimeter when Steph or Clay have the ball and, and they're coming to them with two players or double teaming is that Trace Jackson Davis, unlike Looney and Sarge, is he has the instinct to go to the basket and he's aggressive going to the basket and he can get in there and get you points to where Looney is going to get the ball. He's a little tentative because he's not as athletic. He has heavy feet. He's more likely to kick the ball back out. As to where TJD, and I think it's very important for the Warriors to have that, and, and Kaminga gives you that athleticism driving to the hole, but just being near the basket, under the basket, and being aggressive getting the ball up there, Trace Jackson Davis gets you, gives you a lot of options on offense, on, on versatility of how defenses play against you, to have somebody else that can create buckets and get you points, as to where, like in the past, we've seen that Warriors can be a little bit limited on that if if Steph's off or Clay's off or, or some of the – if it's an off-shooting night, it gives you another option to, to get points in the paint. Hell yeah, Telmo. Call of the day. Seriously. Which part? His, his, He's learned about the Neverkinezer for the first time in my life outside of Star Trek. Well – Freezing the burritos is why it was the call of the day. No. Nebuchadnezzar. TJD, yeah. he's right on, Tomo. Hell yes. He's the only guy that he's not flaring out to the three-point line. He's not. He's linear. He's going to the hoop. And when you double-team or if you guess wrong on that pick-and-roll, he's going to make you pay. The issue with the Warriors is that they have played basketball so differently for so long because they haven't had anybody who's equipped to properly execute the pick-and-roll like that of a Trace Jackson Davis that when you think of pick-and-roll, typically with the Golden State Warriors and the Splash Brothers, that the pick-and-roll is to set the screen so that you're freeing either Clay or Steph for a jump shot or for a three-pointer. Nobody's thinking about the guy rolling to the hoop. Like, the fundamentally, we're not... You're you're not trained to think, oh, I got a diver, I got somebody going to the rim. Like there's another option. This team is so uber focused on shooting and addressing the three point line that now you have another option in what again is the most effective and oldest play in basketball that I want to see it utilized so I hate when people say I I what I want to forget about me, just what I think could be utilized to help balance all that out is a pick-and-roll and using the diver, and more importantly, and more specifically, Trace Jackson Davis giving you another option to score the basketball. And he's presenting himself when he gets those limited opportunities. And I think he and Chris Paul, working that, although Chris Paul isn't as much of a threat to shoot it, but like that is something that the Golden State Warriors don't use to their advantage because they're so accustomed to scoring the basketball one way, and that is they are perimeter-centric, and they're so almost to a fault reliant on shooting it from three-point territory. Well, I think they've been the last year and plus. I don't think they always were that way. Like, one of the staples of the Warriors during their heyday, and they're not as good as they used to be, obviously, um, was the fact that they got points in the paint. They got easy baskets. Now, all of that was created by the perimeter-centric focus that you're talking about, but... They, they used to have rollers, like the, Bogut, JaVale McGee, um, guys that were lob threats. That's an added dynamic to this offense that I think Trace Jackson Davis brings. And that's really for the bench to me, it, it's important because, again, the goal of the bench is not always to increase the lead. It's just to keep it. Like your starters are the ones that either get you the lead or um, help you fall behind. But like the bench is complementary. 
If Trace Jackson Davis, like against the Lakers, can go on a personal 13-0 run or can steal you a few possessions, those are valuable. So from that perspective, I think you're correct. You know, to me, Trace Jackson Davis is is someone that I think with Curry, Paul, and then apparently Clay Thompson, like anybody who's got gravity or that is a threat to shoot, namely Steph and Clay. He's a perfect pick and roll partner for because you have to respect the jump shot. Even if Clay's only shooting, I think, 37% from three this season, and he's not as efficient as he used to be, you still have to respect his jump shot. And so when TJD rolls to the rim, then at the very least, you can get him the ball that forces rotations. You can kick it out, you can swing the ball, or you can finish at the rim, and he can finish higher than, say, Looney or Sharich. So I I do think it's valuable in those 10 to 15-minute spurts um, because it also takes some pressure off of Draymond Green. So I think it's it's beneficial not just for the offense. I I, I do wonder defensively how TJD matches up with kind of the the bigger boys in, in the Western Conference. I don't know if he does well, and that's why I think that Looney tomorrow is going to get the second crack behind Dre. But at the same time, it's like maybe you could try and put a little bit of pressure on Jokic with someone like Trace Jackson Davis. Um, You can try and put pressure on opposing defenses if they go small to force them to rotate. And and that will also open up threes around the outside. So, you know, I, I, I think there's certainly a spot for him. I also don't think it's... Like, his role is growing. It's not as if he's just not playing at all right now and the Warriors are just not utilizing him whatsoever. Like, he's he's showing us that he can be valuable. You know, you talked about his age, and I don't think that was by accident. I think actually it was, it was done by design, by Dunleavy as well as the rest of the Golden State Warriors, in that after going after Wiseman, Kaminga, uh, Moody, basically uh, teenagers. Now, Pajemski's young. But Pajemski, one could argue, is an old soul. Like, the guy looks in just his basketball IQ. He's young in number only. That guy, uh, as far as being a smart head, he leads, he's a rookie and he leads, he leads the NBA in charges. He drew like three charges last night, didn't he? He's a smart basketball player. And so where I'm going with that is I think that after drafting teenagers the last couple of years where you're having to wait for them to to mature not only as basketball players but as human beings right like and we talk about the matching timelines that I think it was done by purpose that the Warriors got somebody like that at Pajemski and purposely went after a four-year basketball player like that of Trace Jackson Davis. That was more plug-and-play. And not only that, but played at Indiana under a guy in Mike Woodson who also not only played in the NBA but coached in the NBA and was the perfect tutor to bring along somebody like that at TJD. Well, and I think that all falls into what we saw last night or heard about before the game last night, which was Kerr's extension. To me, the drafting of players like Pajemski and TJD, players that know how to play, and that you can plug in immediately, as opposed to projects like Kaminga and Moody, along with Wiseman, that all factors into what has shifted in the front office, in my mind, in the last, I would say, year, which is, we got to maximize now. We have to win now, or do everything we can to win now. Before the championship, that wasn't the case. In 2020 and 2021, those were players that were projected to help the Warriors in four or five years or in three years, not immediately. Pajemski and TJD can help you now because Steph Curry is still playing at a high level. Draymond Green is still playing at a high level. Everything that is geared for Golden State is towards, again, these next three seasons or this season and the next two It's what it's all about, and quite frankly, it's what it should have always been about as long as you have Steph on your roster and he's still performing at a Hall of Fame level. So I think you're right. I think that there's been a shift in 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 the approach, and players like Pajemski and TJD, like I didn't think Pods would be as far as along as he is right now, but you're right. The characteristics of those two players are drastically different from the characteristics of of Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman, even though someone like Kaminga has now come along and blossomed into a great addition to this team. And you mentioned Steve Kerr. Maybe we we end things with sort of the 
It's not necessarily breaking news, but the news of the day. That, of course, is Steve Kerr re-upping for two more years. It kicks in next year. He becomes the highest-paid coach at 17 and a half per, a $35 million deal. Is that there is now a line in the sand. Like, we now have a structure in place that it's two years. It's not the last dance, but you can clearly see that there is now officially a finish line. For me, it is sort of emblematic of the end of this run. Like we got we just got a two-year window. Draymond, whose deal will be up in two years, he has an option on that last year, but contractually he's up in two years. Steph is up in two years. Clay, if he comes back, has to be relegated, which is why I think him going to the bench was so significant. You can bring him back, but now he's under the understanding that listen, you're gonna come back, but you're gonna be more of a role player as a bench player. And as a bench player, we can't pay you. 30 mil or even 25 mil, you got to come in at somewhere between 18 to 20, uh, 20. And then if he's to say, well, no, I'm Clay Thompson, we'll, we'll look at your role. And it's not your projected role, but the role that you've been playing over the last couple of months of the season. That aside, that there is now a template in place for the Golden State Warriors. And I think you summarized it perfectly, Ev, that you got, you got three shots, right? It's like being at the Sonoma County Fair. You know, you got <laughs> you got three opportunities to win that big overstuffed doll for your girlfriend with right? less wine. Yeah. There you go, man. It's it's three opportunities, three shots at a title with this dynastic run, and then when it's over, I think Steve Kerr walks off to the sunset. I don't know what happens to Draymond. Steph is going to continue to play basketball, but this run as we know it comes to an end after two more years. Let's get out to Foster City, bring in our final caller of the morning, our guy Pat. Pat, how are you? You're on Warriors this week. What's up? Good. Good. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, you you were touching on the draft choices and stuff, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a huge Warrior fan, been season ticket holder for like 30 years, going way, way back. But, uh, you know, they've definitely got better and better this year. But I, I think, you know, Dunleavy really deserves probably more credit than, than he's getting because – you know, think about the two draft choices we got this year and what they're doing as, as rookies. And you think about the draft choices we've had over the past, the prior three years. What if we had one or two guys like these guys three years ago and two years ago and one year ago, where we'd be now instead of, you know, now we're Moody's coming along after three years, but he's still not where Pazinski is this year in my estimation. And, you know, Kaminga's coming along, but it's taken three years, you know. Um, we'd be that much better, I think. So I think our draft choices have not been that great, and I think Dunleavy's done gets a lot of credit, I think, for, for what he's done with these draft picks. They've been, they've been phenomenal to be contributing like this in the rookie year. Um, yeah, I think it's just, just great. So, But I'm, I'm high in the Warriors. I think they're going to finish strong. And I didn't feel that way six weeks ago. I, I really was kind of uh, just not going to work out. But I think Wiggins is playing better. Looney's playing a little bit better, and everyone else has picked it up. I, I don't. Clay is kind of where he was before, up and down or whatever. But I think overall the team is in really good shape. So, thanks, Pat. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I don't think any of us were here six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we were talking about who you move off of, how you try and pivot, and now the head coach has got a new deal. Uh, I do think Clay Thompson's deal is coming soon, or I should say. Steve Kerr's two-year extension is an indication that Clay Thompson will be a Golden State Warrior beyond next this season. I think so. Mm. I'm not so sure about that. Okay. Like, I can see Steph, Draymond, and Steve Kerr uh, going forward. If Clay becomes difficult, because it's it, he has to realize that, you know, this is a, we have to be cost-effective here. And it's not, he, listen, he doesn't need the money, but it just becomes a, a sense of pride. And it just becomes, this is all on Clay's table. How much pride can he swallow? He's already swallowed some and sitting down on the bench uh, and not being in the starting rotation. Now it's a matter of taking that haircut, as they like to say. Like, how, how much can you reduce that salary, which currently sits at 43 mil, becomes the big question for him, I think. It is a big question. I just feel like they'll be able to come to terms on something that's probably along the lines of what Kerr got. Now, not the, the total, but the fact that it would be two years, so you, you align yourself with the other parts of, of the core, and then you're compensated for probably your, your past more than your future, and it might be a little inflated. But another thing that's flown under the radar too, Dan, is they've gone 11-4 and four or 10-2 and two without Chris Paul. 
I don't think Chris Paul is going to be on the team next year. No. So if you're looking for a reason to feel like you could bring Clay back, you could have this team moving forward, maybe you make an addition here, you add a piece there, that this team has staying power without Chris Paul on it, I do think that allows Clay Thompson to take a step back financially, but two years and $50 million, or that's roughly what he was offered this offseason, I think that offer is still going to be on the table, and I think he'd be inclined to take it. You know, we were talking about, the call was talking about the NBA draft. If I give you my G League rant, like if I'm a GM, don't go in the G League. First of all, it's unproven. Jonathan Kaminga might be the exception, but he's been a work in progress. Jordan Poole? Was G League? At some point, yeah. Yeah, he went, he went down to the G League. No, I'm it. talking... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, like I'm, starting? Uh, no, I'm talking not the G League. Not the, Forget about the G League. I'm talking about... Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, Coming out of the draft. Yeah, like go, go to college. <laughs> yeah, like Jalen Green. <laughs> like who's come out where you could say, oh, yeah, that's a great idea where guys are exclusively getting ready for the NBA draft. The problem is, Ev, is that they're playing in front of like 300 people on a Tuesday night. I want the kid, like Trace Jackson Davis, shooting free throws in the NCAA tournament in front of 15,000 hostile fans. This, those, those players have yet to prove to me, and Jalen Green, all these high draft picks, that I ain't going in that direction if I'm a GM. That's true. And look, if the Warriors had drafted pro-ready players, I'm not sure they'd necessarily be further along because, let's say, like you, it looks like you hit on Kaminga. Imagine what Kaminga's going to be in two years yeah. or four years when he's 25. That is, of course, the risk-reward of taking a project early in the first round as opposed to taking someone in the middle to late rounds like Pajemski, like TJD, more pro-ready players. I would say the Warriors have found a nice balance in that approach. You missed on Wiseman. You might have... Missed on Moody, but you certainly hit on Kaminga. You hit on Pajemski. You hit on Trace Jackson Davis. And they got another second-round pick for this upcoming year they might be able to hit on as well. So, look, all this is very interesting as we wind things down here, as always, on the Warriors this week. I'm looking forward to Sunday, Dan. You think they win against Denver? Yes, I do. I think they win that game not only... And unlike the previous games, I think they win that game convincingly. Interesting. I think they beat Denver... And I think I think they actually they need to beat Denver if we're going to take them seriously as a title team or a, a contention team. They got to beat Denver tomorrow. Is Jamal Murray going? Do you know? Uh, Game time decision. Well, the thing is, like they beat Portland and Washington their first two games out of the All Star break. Like they haven't been tested whatsoever. So if Murray was out, it might have just been precautionary. Okay. Or just getting ready for this game. Exactly. Yeah. Warriors should be ready for this game again. That's at four o'clock. Interesting hour before the typical five o'clock. Primetime tip. It'll be at 4 o'clock. Warriors live right here at 3 o'clock. And then, of course, our pregame network coverage at 3.30 with Tim Roy. He'll be on the call with Tom Torbert at 4 o'clock. All right here on 95.7 The Game. As we sign up, big thank you to everyone that called in today, that texted in, chimed in on our YouTube and Twitch chats. That is Dan Devone. Big thank you to our men behind the glass, Ken Luttrell, Mark Grandy is always holding it down here for 95.7 The Game. My name is Evan Gidding saying so long. We'll talk to you same place, same time next week, Saturday Warriors this week. It's been fun. We'll talk to you next time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.